Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Well, we have got Missy Chikre here today, and there's a lot of history between me and the company that she leads. And uh, without saying too much more, I want to turn it over to you, Missy, to tell us about yourself. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Missy Chikre, the CEO of Mentium Corporation. We are a proud women-owned and women-led business. We've been around for over three decades, and we do all things mentoring. We've had a long history and tradition of developing and advancing women through mentoring. That's actually how we got our start, was a focus on developing and advancing high potential women through mentoring. I personally have a lot of passion around this topic of igniting confidence. And while I have my own journey, I also now coach and mentor young women and girls, including my own daughter, around how to build confidence how to be confident in who you are and your choices and how to design the life you want. Mm. So I'm excited to share some of those lessons learned and a little bit about my journey. I hope it can be helpful for others. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I live a bilingual, bicultural interfaith life with my husband and kiddos. So my work and personal life all intersect into this one full life. And I'm excited to share a little bit more about that. I love it. Thank you, Missy. Oh, I love I like you're making me so intrigued now about all these things. I want to dig, I want to dig in. So of course, I'm immediately intrigued when you say lessons. So tell us, can we jump in with some of those? Lessons learned. Yes. I mean, there's there's so many. <laughs> and lessons come on a daily basis. I would say if I could summarize a few of the key lessons learned, one would be you have just one life. A mentor told me this many years ago when I was in a space of really trying to reconcile my career aspirations with my motherhood journey. And at that time, it was work-life balance, which has obviously shifted quite a bit and become a completely different construct. But I was struggling. And my mentor at that moment, she looked at me and she said, Missy, you have just one life. So mm -hmm. stop the work-life balance, this or that. You have one life. How do you want to live it? It was so simple, but so profound for me in that moment to really take a step back and shift my mindset to think about, I get this one life. How do I want to live it? How do I want to define it? How do I want to structure it? And that was very empowering for me in that moment. And sometimes we just need a little bit of that light bulb moment or that mindset shift to think about things a little differently. So that's definitely one of the lessons you have one life. How do you want to live it? Be intentional and design the life you want. I'm not saying it's easy and we always can put all of those components perfectly together. But if we are intentional about what we want and we're intentional about what our values are, it makes it a lot easier to design our lives. The next one I would say is very important specifically for women, for all people, specifically for women though, around being unapologetic about our mm -hmm. choices. There's a lot of that use of should you do a lot of work, Karen, obviously yes. communication, what words to use and not use. I hear a lot from women. I should do this. I should have done that. Should I have made that choice? And we just need to let go of the shoulds and think about 
what do I want? What is the path I want to take in this moment? It might change. I might change my mind a year from now, but be unapologetic about your choices. Another key lesson that I've learned and that I repeat to others is never let a company, a person, or circumstance dictate your value and your self-worth and your confidence in yourself. That has to come from within rather than expecting it to come from the outside world. I was just talking about this with my daughter, who's a soon to be teenager and really trying to build her confidence. You know, at that age, there's so many external factors that come into play around how do you be confident? How do you be authentic? How do you not worry about what other people think? And I went on this whole long (laughs) discussion with her about your self-confidence. It comes from within you. Don't look at other people to decide that for you. You get to build that within yourself. That is something that I think is so important and something that I have worked on throughout my own life. And then maybe last, lastly, lesson would be think about what's possible. One of my favorite books is the art of possibility. Oh, I love that one too. Really is a mindset shift again around there's the world of measurement. You can look at the world as is, or you can look at the world in terms of what is possible. And what I have found is when you start imagining what is possible and you think about possibilities, doors open. So that's another big one of instead of just looking at the world through the lens of this is what it is and it can't be changed, think about a world of possibility. Wow, those are all such great lessons. Oh my goodness. Where do we where do we go from here? We can drop the mic now. <laughs> what is it like with your daughter? That must be hmm. so interesting thinking about raising a daughter to be confident in the world that we live in right now. I'm curious to know what are some of the challenges? What are the ways that you instill confidence in her and anything that you want to share about that? It's a good question. It's hard. (laughs) It's really hard navigating parenting in this very complex world where there are so many external influences. I think one of the things that's very interesting about being a parent is when you see some of your own traits show up in your children. So I remember at the age of 12, 13, of some of those feelings of wanting affirmation from others, wanting to be quote unquote, perfect, Mm -hmm. putting a lot of pressure on myself. And I see some of that in my own daughter. And so it's really hard in -hmm. some ways because I see myself at that age and some of the things that I experienced or that I felt. And some of life is you need to experience some of these things and feel it and do what's hard and get through it because that's where the learning comes. But then of course, as a mom, and now at the stage of life that I'm in, I, it's hard not to want to just jump in and fix it. And also I'm so passionate about igniting confidence in women and girls. I mean, this is my life's work and a lot of what drew me to Mentium in the first place. And I get to do this in my day-to-day job. So my daughter is also growing up having conversations about this on a regular basis. And she knows the work that I do. She's been exposed to some of the work I do. She knows my journey 
of, you know, going through my career and then, you know, now having the honor of serving as a CEO of Mentium. So she's been a part of my own growth and journey too. So sometimes I just remind her, I've been where you are. Don't forget that. I've had those hard and low moments too. Let me tell you what I've learned. Ah. So we have really good conversations. And I think so much of parenting is just role modeling, you know, Mm -hmm. being a good role model, even when you're not specifically talking about a topic, you are constantly as a parent modeling and reinforcing behaviors, attitudes, beliefs. And so I, I think, you know, one of my most important jobs as a parent is to be a great role model for my kids, my son and my daughter. And if I can share some of my lessons learned and wisdom that I've gotten along the way. And then sometimes you have to just let things happen. You have to let people experience things and learn from their own experience as well. So it's a delicate balance, but I think having open, honest dialogue around what it means to be confident, how to be firm and strong in your voice, you know, even when you're young, I think those conversations are so important and we should be having more of those conversations with young people, you know, girls and boys, because having confidence and having the confidence to be your authentic self is so important starting at an early age. Wow. It it sure is. And to have that, I, first of all, I am really struck by how you have created this experience for her to be able to have this dialogue. There are so many kids who aren't that fortunate and how beautiful that this, that is, that is so great that she feels comfortable and safe to share these things also with you. So great. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, on my first official day in my new role, my daughter came into the office with me in the morning because she's been part of my journey. Uh, becoming a mom and reconciling career and motherhood and everything that has come along with that. My passion around developing confidence in women and girls and being able to do the work we do here at Mentium, it was really important to me to be able to share in that moment with her. So that was really special to experience that with her. And again, for her to see the modeling, I just think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have that? as a kid? You know, I'm really close with my parents. I still mm-hmm. call them every day. Oh, <laughs> really? I, am. I talk so to my parents wonderful. every day. And they were amazing role models in, again, so many of the personal and leadership traits that I carry forward with me. And some of those things are humility, integrity, work ethic, drive, developing personal relationships with others. I learned so much by watching my parents and also just by seeing how they behaved um, in both personal and professional spheres. So I feel really lucky in that way. Family is very important to me. And it's something now that I have in so many different ways, right? As a daughter, as a mother, um, as a And so that is a big part of who I am. And I think that kind of relationship piece and seeing the value in relationships and having those authentic connections with people, 
again, it's, you know, not really surprising how I ended up at Mentium and doing the work that I'm doing because we are focused on authentic human connection. And it's such a beautiful thing that you're doing. I'm super curious to know, is this something that you always wanted to do? Which part mentoring? No, I would Mentia. say more of, I mean, Menti, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, cause as soon as I asked that, I went, oh yeah, what do I mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking two things. I would love for you to speak about the CEO role. Like, is that something that you had a goal to achieve one day? And then mm-hmm. also is the work that you're in period, what you're doing in general, as far as the career trajectory, is that what you had planned or hoped for when you were a kid or in college? Let me see how I can answer that. (laughs) Maybe I'll start with the second question. Is this the work that I wanted to do? So I was on a path to become a professor of Hispanic literature. Um, I was a major. I studied abroad in Argentina, passion for speaking Spanish, Latin culture, literature, food, music, all the things. However, I had also done several business internships in my summers in college. So I sort of had one foot in academia and one foot in business, and I was somewhere in between. Obviously, I chose the path to go into business, <laughs> and I wasn't really sure where to start. Honestly, I, I didn't have that, oh, here's the exact thing I want to do. So I started in change management consulting, which was such a strong foundation for everything I've done since that moment, because it's all about how do you take people through change? How do you transform cultures? What is the process you use around that? So it was an amazing foundation for my career. And then I would say I sort of fell into HR because I got a role in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I mean, when I was in college, I wasn't walking around saying, I want to be a DEI practitioner. I didn't know that was a thing. Right. Sure. And I've always had a passion for people, for learning about other cultures, other interests, other ways of doing things. I've always had a passion for languages, for travel, and it seemed like a very perfect fit for my skill set, my interests. So when I say I kind of fell into that, it ended up being such a great fit for who I am personally and professionally. And that was kind of the path I was on for quite a long time. I would say it was probably about 10 years ago when I really discovered my true calling around how can I be in a space where I can help develop, engage and advance women. So because I had been in the diversity, equity, inclusion space for so long, that was always an interest area and a space kind of where I played. But it was when I was working through some of my own challenges and navigating career and motherhood, and then connecting in with other working mothers in my network at every stage of motherhood and career that I discovered my passion and my calling around sort of this element of leadership. It's one thing to define it and discover it. And then it's another thing to get to the spot where you're doing the work and you have sort of a platform and a place to really unravel those passions. So it was a process. And again, part of it is intentional. Part of it is imagining what's possible. And then part of it is getting lucky and being at the right place at the right time and Mm -hmm. getting connected to the right people. So I always say, be intentional about what you want, be clear, know what your values are and 
talk to people because when you start tapping into your network, you know, every coffee leads to another coffee leads to another coffee. And that's what got me to Mentium. So did I always know I was going to do this work? Not exactly in this way, but did I have a passion, a purpose and a desire to get here? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did I know I was going to become CEO? Did I grow up saying I want to be a CEO one day? No. And I always had big dreams and I always knew I wanted to be able to, in some way, positively make an impact on others. So I didn't have a title associated with that, Okay, but I always was very driven. I always had big dreams and I want to do meaningful work that in some small way can help make the world a better place. Well, you sure do. (laughs) That's for sure. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's a whole team of people who do it. I love it. Well, what's your favorite part of the role? I think one of my favorite parts of the role is being able to be this voice of how do we help people thrive? How do we create experiences for people so that they can grow into and live up to their full potential? And that's what I have been able to do since I came to Mentium. So I am grateful and honored to be in this role. And I know what it feels like and looks like to have people believe in you and then create the opportunities for you to succeed. And, you know, that is really important. Everybody needs those people in their lives who recognize the potential and then actually create the opportunities for people to live up to that potential and to explore it and to really pursue their dreams and aspirations. Yeah. So my favorite part is being able to influence people, being able to be a voice, having opportunities like this to talk about my journey, to talk about what we've learned and seen at Mentium and to help create these cultures within organizations where people can have that authentic human connection and then be able to thrive personally and professionally. Yeah, I'm thinking about my journey as you're talking about this, because for, I mean, you know this, but for the sake of the listeners, I became a mentor, no, mentee initially in 1996. And my company chose me and I felt so honored to be able to be paired with a mentor from Mentium, have this incredible experience, and then multiple years later to come back and be a mentor. It is so rewarding. And I love the the organization in general. And I have for all these years, but to meet you and go, Oh my gosh, it's so fun to have you at the helm (laughs) and know you through Dana who works there as well. It's, it's, it goes back to one coffee leads to the next coffee and, and all of that. And I so, so believe in what you said about being intentional because I personally, I've had people say to me, gosh, things just, always happen for you. It's amazing. Like it just falls in my lap. (laughs) And I think I pay attention. I seize opportunities, but not because I'm trying to grasp for things or seizing because of some opportunistic attitude. Although there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. I would, I would still call myself ambitious, but it's that reminder of being intentional, showing up, start 
looking at things beyond just one singular perspective and go, what, what else could be possible here? And it's, it's really, it's, it's so fun to have these conversations and you personally know Megan from TEDx in Minneapolis. And that is another really fun connection that I realized that you and I have (laughs) from that. And I know every time I go on LinkedIn, it's like, wait, those two people are together and I know both of them, but I didn't know they know each other and just see yes. how all the worlds collide. And that's another thing, just hone your network, meet people, talk to people, get out there because again, you never know where those conversations and connections will lead. It might not be for something immediate. It might be right. something that happens five years down the road, but I learn so much in every conversation I have with people and it gives me new and fresh perspective. And it's so important to hear different perspectives as you think about, you know, what you're doing at work, but then also in life, it's like, if we could do more of this building relationships, being authentic, having psychological safety to have the hard discussions and explore things in a different way through a different lens, that's where the growth happens. So being able, you know, like you talked about being a mentee and being a mentor, having that emotionally safe space is so critical. I mean, now more than ever, everybody needs a safe space. Everybody needs a guide. It doesn't matter what your title is, how much experience you have at every stage of life and career. We all need mentors, you know, more than one. We need mentors. We need guides. We need people who can help us see things in a different way, navigate challenging situations, help be our cheerleaders when we need that too. Yes. I mean, mentors play so many different roles and those roles morph and they, you know, they can shift. That's the beauty of it. So as a mentor, you show up for the mentee in the way the mentee needs. And as the mentee, you drive the partnership and you, you know, take onus for driving it and you have your clear development goals so that you can best maximize a mentoring relationship. I mean, that's where the magic happens. And, you know, I love what you said about being a mentee and then being a mentor, because we go through these journeys and then we arrive at a place where we can then turn around and be the mentor. Yes. Just that, you know, you said, what is one of your favorite things about your new role? I mean, I would just say one of my favorite things about being at Mentium in general is the incredible people I get to interact with every day. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't feel inspired, energized, and honestly positive about what's possible in the world, because despite the complexities of the world we live in, and there are many, I am interacting with people who are positive, who are developing others, who see the best in people, who are gracious with their time, who are doing amazing things in the world. And so it is that feeling every time I get off a meeting with anybody who's associated with the Mentium community, I feel energized. I feel excited. I feel grateful that I am in a job that allows me to interact with some of the most phenomenal people out there. So fabulous. It's, it's, I I just love your attitude and how positive you are, Missy. You're such an amazing leader. And I'm curious, you are, you're so inspiring. And what really rises to the surface for me is how much you care. You have such a deep care for people, 
for development for what you do. It's it feels like you're in exactly the right place <laughs> to to yeah. use those gifts. And I'm thinking about the younger version of yourself related to your expertise. And can you tell us about a time I'm thinking also about the women out there going, wow, I can't even imagine being in that place yet and wanting to be more confident and being a CEO potentially. But can you help level set things a little bit and give us a little bit of either a time where you didn't speak up and wish that you had or a mistake that you made that other people could identify with hmm. and what you learned? Good question. Yeah, it's when you were talking before something else I was thinking about when you said lessons learned, I would say take risks. I think I've been mm. historically kind of a risk averse person in general, okay. but I've taken a lot of risks with my career and I've made a lot of hard decisions. Um, there were times when I took a leave of absence. There was a time when I took a position that was a lower level than what I had for a variety of reasons, but that was a really hard decision, uh, on many levels. I left a job without a job to explore what could be next. So I have taken a lot of risks and I didn't take those decisions lightly. They were very difficult decisions. And, you know, when you talk about mistakes or regrets or things like that, I don't look at it that way you know, looking back, right. Hindsight's 2020. But when I sure. look back, I think the things that happened had to happen the way they did to make me the person I am today. And I tell people, you know, even people who have known me for a long time, of course, I'm the same person at my core, who I am, my values, my care for people, all of that. But I feel like a different person in terms of how I show up in my confidence, in my ability to make decisions and see the big picture. And a lot of that has to do with going through some of those hard and low moments. So mm -hmm. if I think back to some of those hard moments, um, you know, making a choice to take a short leave of absence, there were many thoughts that went through my mind, you know, am I going to be limiting my career by doing this? Am I breaking the perception that people have of me of this very driven, hardworking person who's trying to get ahead? Um, will I you know, not have the same relevance that I had. Will I regret mm. it? You know, it's kind of going back to what I said earlier about the shoulds. And yeah. there was so much fear in making some of those big career decisions. And you talk about in your book, you know, how to name your fear. You know, how do you name your fear? I had a lot of fear. And if there's something I've learned, and again, I think you have to go through it to kind of get on the other side of it and think about it in a different way. I think that I, I wish I would have just in that moment known to kind of trust the process and believe that it would all work out. Okay. Uh, because at those moments of, is it going to work out? Okay. I don't know. I'm taking a risk <laughs> and I'm hoping for the best, but you never know. And so I think not being so afraid and just kind of believing in those moments as hard as some, as some of them were, you know, personally and professionally throughout life, as we all have those hurdles to have the foresight to just step back from the fear and believe it will all be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why my journey is so 
front and center for me because I know some of the things I wanted and I aspired to. I know some of the amazing experiences I had, some of the harder experiences. And I hoped to be able to do some of the things I'm doing now. And so if I kind of fast forward to now, if I had told myself, you know, if I had known what my journey would be and I could tell myself, you know, 10, 15 years ago, what would that have changed? You know, would that have given me a different mindset? But I think it's, you just have to be open again to the possibilities and know that not everything is going to go the way you plan or you want. And there are going to be hurdles. Every single person is going to face hurdles in some way, you know, and there's a whole continuum of what those obstacles look like. I'm not saying they're all the same because they're not. There's lots of different types of obstacles that can get in the way, but everybody faces something. And so what I would say to kind of my younger self is to let go of the fear Hmm. and believe in the decisions, because even if we might say, oh, I, maybe I would have done that differently now, or I wish I would have done this. It's like, no, that's what I had to do in that moment because of where I was in my life and career journey. That's what had to happen then to help form me as the person and leader that I am now. I truly believe that. And that is such a great way to live. And when you think about giving yourself grace and not living with regret, because I think about a lot of people spend so much time and energy on things that they can't control now. There's nothing that could be done differently. And I love that. I love that, that whole attitude. I say to my team all the time is control the controllables. There are many things we can't (laughs) control. And we, you know, it's, it's very difficult to start thinking about all the external things that are not within our control. And if you just kind of focus on, here's what we know, here are the things that we can control. Let's focus on that because the rest isn't going to go away. That's going to be there. And there's always going to be things that we cannot influence. And I think just recognizing that and then just saying, let's control for the controllables. Beautiful. Well, is there anything, Missy, that I haven't asked you yet that you want me to ask or share? I think I would just share, you know, I have a lot of gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude for the journey, for the people in my life, for the people I get to work with every day. The Mentium team is a team of people who are mission driven and believe so deeply and passionately in what we do, why we do it, how we do it. And I think taking a perspective of gratitude. Again, it's like these mindset shifts. Um, I am filled with gratitude every day for the people I get to work with on my team, for the mentors I get to interact with, for the mentees who are investing in themselves, for our clients who are investing in their talent, and then being able to really see how when you form those authentic human connections, you look for the best in people. And you very intentionally help people discover the best version of themselves. It is unbelievable what the outcome of that is. Oh, what a beautiful way to wrap this up, Missy. I love everything you said. You're so powerful related to that just development and the heart for people and that it makes, these are things that are making a difference in people's lives and walking more confidently, instilling that 
power within them, really the power that they already have, but just having that be drawn out and carried out in new, new ways as, as we all continue to grow. Well, thank you very much, Missy. Where can we reach you and what do you need? How can we support you? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to make new connections and I'm always happy to talk to anyone who's interested in learning more about whether it's mentoring or developing advancing women or how to build confidence, um, the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm always happy to connect with new people. I love learning from others. I always learn something new and I love building relationships. So happy to connect with any listeners who uh, want to reach out. Love it. Well, thanks again for being here today, Missy. Thank you. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. <laughs>